0: So we're here with Jill today and we're going to actually, Jill, what what are we going to talk about today?
1: Nothing. We're not going to t- talk about anything credit related or underwriting related at all, right? No Just fun. Just That's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Underwriting uh, sort of rules in actually analyzing good credit um, when it comes to approving, you know, some challenges and things, challenging credit and stuff like that, so...
0: Yeah, and uh, getting away from just focusing on the score. So we'll yeah,
1: just... yeah, the history, not just the score. I think that's what we're going to talk about.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Tune in. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get started. Welcome to the audio version of Barg, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, get to know you a little bit more.
1: <laughs> sure, long walks on the beach. Yeah, long we'll dinner, right? yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, so no, I'm Jill Mullering. I'm a broker in Alberta. Um, I have been a broker for about four years. I came into the industry in twenty eighteen.
0: You're not part time, is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> no, full time, definitely full time at this, yeah. Um yeah. and maybe double full time. Like, <laughs> you know, is that is that a possibility? I do yeah. this job twice. Um yeah. Of you guys probably know I also admin the newbie mortgage professionals group. Um, so I'm quite active in there on Facebook um and helping new agents. So I'm very passionate about that. Um and then that passion led to creating that uh the underwriting training course that I do put on as well. So
0: and you're self proclaimed uh, a mortgage nerd. You're okay total nerd, German yeah.
1: Um, Unlike a lot of levels, not just about mortgages, but mostly <laughs> these days about mortgages, as noted on the working this job more than full time, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. In your experience, when you're talking with clients, do they assume that they have good credit if they have a high score and bad credit if they have a low score?
1: Just because the chart on whatever <laughs> website says you on your phone app says you have good credit doesn't mean you have mortgage good credit, Right.
0: That difference between the score that the that they're seeing online, whether it's a free third-party app, whether they're paying for it, it doesn't matter. That's not necessarily the score that the banks are using. And then, of course, like you said, yes, we need a 650 or a 620, whatever the minimums are with insurers nowadays. But there's always that asterisk where your score is just what I call a good first impression, but the banks and lenders have a very specific requirement or, or what I call an underwriter checklist that they're going through and that the client needs to meet in order to get that done.
1: Yeah. It's not just the score. It's the history behind the score. That's right. And, and yeah, you're right. You know, when your clients look at trans, like oftentimes this happens where we pull a bureau and the client will say like, well, I'm getting my credit, my credit karma score says my says 730 yeah. and then we pull it and it's like six, 42. And then they're like, that's ridiculous. And you're like, well, it is two different scoring measures. There's also consumer scoring versus what we pull, um, which is quite a bit more in depth, obviously, for mortgage qualifying. So when
0: I first started in the industry way back uh, 2006, it was common for underwriters or for brokers to explain what what clients needed in order to have established credit as the 222 rule. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've probably yeah. heard of that, I'm assuming. <laughs> is that still valid or what your experience is with underwriters? Yeah, 100%. So,
1: um, yeah, 222, uh, two trade lines with a minimum limit of $2,000 for at yeah. least two years' time. Um, and yes, this is definitely still valid especially for clients who are coming out of a consumer proposal or bankruptcy uh, in terms of re-establishing credit. So we do sometimes get around this on thin credit. Um, for example, young Canadians, maybe they're another 20, they only have right. had one car loan and a cell phone, something like that. Um, we can get around it in those particular situations and new to Canada files. Um, however, you know if you've got if you're re-establishing credit or rebuilding from a bad credit situation, the two 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 rule for sure still still applies with pretty much every lender.
0: For any newbies out there, credit accounts or trade lines being like credit card line of credit, loan, home equity line of credit, line of credit, that kind of stuff. Um, do, do you still find that two are enough?
1: The client doesn't have two trade lines, two active trade lines reporting to the bureau. You're going to need to address that in your submission notes. Um, and again, it's especially if you've had past credit issues. That's kind of where that piece comes into play mostly. And two bona fide pieces of credit, right? Like two cell phones reporting isn't really going to help you. (laughs) You know, having a line of credit, a credit card, a loan, a mortgage, you know, having two bona fide, like true items reporting to your credit bureau that shows that you can manage credit is the best for having uh, for for that mortgage application. Of course, if the client doesn't have that, again, there's times where we can get around that, but that's typically would be looked at as you're going to need, want to mention it. Um, and have some justification behind it if the client has had no credit or has one credit card for six months and that's it and they're like doing the minimum down payment and they have no savings no fallback there's no cosigner, you know that kind of stuff you're gonna struggle getting that approved right um but if they've yeah. had one credit card for six months and they have they're doing 20 percent down and they have money in the bank and you know that's more likely to get get through right So
0: now, have you ever had an underwriter require three? I, I know that when I was doing it, there was one lender specifically. Uh, Bridgewater was uh, kind of top of mind. I don't know if they still requirement or or. But uh, have have you ever had a a, a lender require three?
1: I've never really lines? had a lender specifically say to me that the client needs to have okay. three trade lines. Um okay. But I have had files where, like, even with two trade lines, where they were like... (laughs) It's not enough. (laughs) Yeah, this isn't... We want a cosigner, right? Or And and, and like I say, again, it's mostly those credit rebuild situations. Um, So, I mean, that might be applicable with Bridgewater being an alt lender. Um, But there are sometimes other circumstances where we can um, show, for example, uh, 12 months bank statements for alternative forms of credit as well, right? So if the clients don't have um, necessarily you know a handful of things reporting to the bureau um sometimes we can look at bank statements and actually show them making bill payments on time rent payments on time and things like that as proof that that client is in good standing with you know with their other ob- financial obligations right. um but yeah i i mean i sometimes and this is something to keep in mind too sometimes uh we get told something f- on a decline on a file that might not actually be a rule it's just
0: they they don't like like the file.
1: Right. And and it's like, you know what, this, like we just kind of don't want this deal. And this client doesn't really like, we're just not really comfortable. So what's the thing that we can say? It's like, well, I want to have more credit.
0: Have you ever had an underwriter want or emphasize that that type of credit wasn't good enough? You mentioned cell phones, which I I think is pretty common. I I came across that a lot back in the day as well. Um, So I, I never suggest clients use cell phones is one of the two that they need. Uh, but ha- have you found any other types of credit that in the eyes of an underwriter are less or are not as credible as others? Oh Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. Predatory loan companies, it doesn't matter if your credit score is 750. If you have you know, if you're constantly getting loans from Cash Money, Home, you know, Cash right. Depot, Fairstone, like if you're constantly borrowing money on these high interest predatory lenders and then repaying them six months later or whatever, um, you know that that looks very poorly, right? So, um, right. and the ju- the fundamental reason is if you, you know, f- for example, you're you're renting, you pay f- fifteen hundred a month in rent, uh, you make whatever you know hundred k a year, and you have to constantly go to cash money every year or every six months or whatever to get payday loans. Um, or you're financing things at 32% for short term loans because you can't get approved for financing right. at your bank. The assumption is you can't get approved for a short term lo- or a loan at your bank, right? Um, that really shows the lender that you have trouble managing your finances, right? So if you're right. not able to make your $1,500 rent payment without going to, you know, a payday loan company every now and then and taking a short-term loan, um, how are you going to make your $2,000 mortgage payment and pay your property taxes on time without visiting payday loan companies all the time and potentially getting yourself into a a bad situation?
0: Not all payday loans will show up on Equifax, but they show up on TransUnion, almost all of them. Uh, So that's something to, to be aware of if you're pulling just the Equifax uh you should also review i'm a big fan of of getting brokers to review both equifax and transunion whether the, the the client gives you a copy or you pull it yourself that's whatever you want to do that's fine but uh just know that uh a lender or insurer they could be pulling it on their side and and you might see no uh payday loans but then they see this other payday loan for 8000 10000 on TransUnion, which obviously throws off debt servicing, but also looks bad. Uh, But also uh, take a look at the inquiries because a lot of payday loans don't report at all to either Equifax or TransUnion, but they do check the credit, so they you'll you'll see it in the inquiries. So that's something where you should look at the that list of hard hits to see if there's any payday loans or or non-major bank. Um, And there's one company that I see a lot, uh, PayBright. They're, they're not a not a payday loan, but it's one of those services where, let's say, instead of paying $100 for your shoes, chop it into 12-month payments or whatever it is. Um, and a lot of people go for that, not because they don't necessarily have the cash. They just don't see a, a reason why you wouldn't extend that. Let it but yeah. every time they apply for that type of financing, Paybrite will check their credit report.
1: And if you can't, and if you have to finance a hundred dollar pair of shoes, can you afford your mortgage payment? Why am I going to give you four hundred thousand dollars? Right. It's a good note uh, about some things not reporting to Equifax. Um, I think most brokers we default to the Equifax bureau. Yeah. I've had this probably come up, I think maybe three or four times in the last you know four and a half years, um, where everything looked great on an application. I sent in the deal. It was an insured mortgage. The insurer pulls the TransUnion bureau, and lo and behold, there's a car loan. Right? Surprise! Um, surprise! Yeah, and uh, you know, and this is, and this can be really frustrating because I go through my application with my clients, and I'll go, I'll actually screenshot the debts and put it in yes. my email, and say these are the debts reporting to the bureau. Let me know if there's anything missing or not here. And then they're like, oh, right. I didn't think about it, and it's like, you know, and so um, it's a six hundred dollar payment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This that other forty thousand dollar debt i have i didn't think to tell you about it um i just thought you didn't see it you know and um so yeah i've had i've had like three or four deals declined
0: the two thousand dollars and above is good enough or have they increased that at all in the last no years? like a
1: two thousand dollar limit on a card it you know is fine you know, it needs to be normal for their income level, normal for where they live, what they're doing. Um, you know, it should make sense comparatively. Right. So someone who makes $30,000 a year probably shouldn't have $120,000 of credit cards. And I've had that scenario. So, (laughs) um, and you know, but vice versa, somebody who makes $400,000 a year Probably could have a hundred thousand dollar limit on some credit cards, and that's totally normal for that income that's level, right? right? So.
0: These are good tips to pass along to your clients and and uh, let them know.
1: Like on a broker advertising front, let me tell yep. you, like anything that I've ever done on social media, videos, explainer videos, whatever about credit in general, yes, is the most liked, read, <laughs> responded to, gets the most reactions, and the most feedback. Um, and you know, and there's a lot of brokers out there who don't want to work on credit rebuild files because they're intimidated by credit and they don't really know how to help their client rebuild. So this is a really good niche to be in. If you can understand this and you educate yourself about it and you actually take that time to learn how to do this, um, and do it properly. Um, there's a lot of clients out there who need that kind of a broker. And there's a lot of brokers who are just like. Oh, I'm sorry, your credit's not good enough. You're declined. And then yeah. the cl- and I've had these clients come to me saying, look, we were declined by our bank. They didn't really tell right. us why they just told us our credit wasn't good enough. We don't understand. And then I go through the file and I'm like, well, actually it's because it's you've had this, this, benefit. and this, and yeah. here's what we're going to do. We're going to re- fix that, fix this or whatever. Um, you're going to phone Richard and, <laughs> uh, and then call me in a year from now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, and, and you work with them, um, to fix what's wrong. And um, and get the mortgage ready, they're going to be clients for you for life. Because yeah. when you explain like, and I've even just had clients who were just so thankful that someone explained to them, they had no idea what their credit situation was. Right. So, um, so yeah, really, really, I mean, amazing niche to be able to work with people. Um, or even just, like I said, I mean, I send a lot of clients to you, Richard. Um, I think you probably know that, but, yeah. uh, I give your information out all the time, especially if I'm like, you know, here's, here's like I, I'll work with somebody when I know that it's something that I can do in a, so maybe a shorter term credit rebuild, right. like over the next six months, if we do this, this, and this, we're going to, then we'll be good to go. Yeah. If it's something that's going to take a little bit more time, I'm like, call my mate. He, yeah. <laughs> he's going to fix you up. Right. And, uh, or if it's something that's pretty bad, right. That needs that extra you know that extra experience level or whatever and um, i like those <laughs> the yeah more, yeah
0: the, the worse it is the more fun it is for me so yeah and uh in my opinion they're way more fun than working with an engineer or a doctor <laughs> yeah the, those guys these ones
1: don't try to tell you that they know everything all the exactly. time right they're they're just like you're mm-hmm. the expert what do i do now right
0: i'm assuming you have seen this pie graph I'm not a big fan of the pie graph because it's extremely outdated and so simplified that it really doesn't get into what I feel is really important information for for clients uh, when it comes to understanding credit. But what I do like about it is it does outline that the, the categories are way different when it comes to how it affects the credit score. Uh, So the different things affect the score more. Obviously, payment history and amounts owed being being big ones. I know you had mentioned that uh, PayPal or um, payday loans and maybe cell phones don't necessarily qualify as the the best or or established accounts. Uh, But when it comes to reestablish credit or credit in general, I generally get a lot of people that are recommended to get loans in order to rebuild their credit. Credit cards affect the score more than all other types of credit.
1: Misuse of a credit card is by far the biggest thing that I've ever seen affecting a credit score. And I think like high utilization or going over a limit on a credit card will actually hurt someone's credit score even more than a collection that's been sitting there for a few years does. So
0: It, it can... Dramatically affected. So you're you're looking at 60, 80 points possibly with a, a maxed out credit card. And uh, you had mentioned different utilization amounts. Anything under 50, I'm okay with. Uh, so some people say 35, some say 30, some say 12. I, I don't care. Zero balance is the ideal balance. Anything above and beyond there is is a little bit points taken off. But once you get over that 50, is where it dramatically starts affecting the score. Loans, what I don't like about them is there is an expiry date on them. And so you have to pay it off in order to have good credit. But with credit cards, one of the things that what I like or lines of credit would fall in this as well is that you can keep them around forever. Dramatically affects the score and helps build that. So that's one of the reasons. Um, And then as you were saying, the utilization... Uh, it's interesting, Equifax made a lot of changes in the last few years that a maxed out line of credit doesn't affect the score near as much as a maxed out credit card. So this amounts owed piece, I I don't want to say only applies to credit cards, but it's more dramatic on a credit card than any other type of credit.
1: But to me, when I look at amounts owed, I actually would replace that terminology on the chart with utilization. Um, because of exactly that. Like if you've got a maxed out credit card or an over limit credit card, that's gonna affect the credit score, that 30%. But if you owe, I mean, that maxed out credit card could be a thousand dollar limit. And if you owe a thousand and fifteen dollars on it, it's going (laughs) to hurt your credit. It doesn't matter that you only owe a thousand bucks, right? Like you make a hundred grand a year. It it matters that you've maxed out that you know, your available limit or that you're over the limit on that
0: card. It's that looking desperate again. And so you could max out. So when you get a vehicle loan, it is maxed out to begin with. And it's only under half until you get, you know, three ways, three years in or however long in, but that maxed out loan doesn't affect the score that negatively. Uh, Neither does a line of credit, neither does a mortgage, a cell phone doesn't technically have a limit. So that doesn't affect the score. So in, in addition to your modification to this, I would say utilization on a credit card is w- what they're talking about here, which unfortunately is not something that is passed on to the client very often. And so that's, that's something to, to keep in mind. So if you, if you have someone trying to rebuild their credit or reestablish credit, I always suggest the credit cards. If they need a loan, then fine but i never suggest getting a loan just just to rebuild their credit
1: yeah uh-huh. and the other part of that too is they get a loan to rebuild their credit and now you have a loan that you factor into their application <laughs> when the time comes you know yeah. now they have a debt right the um, debt's ever seen. the yeah. one that i do like is the is an rrsp loan I, but mostly this is where i would use this for young or first time buyers um yep. because now they've taken that loan they've got it in the rsp they pay off the loan and now they have the money in the rsp for their down payment right it's hard to tell somebody you need to, you need to get a loan to build your credit when the bank's not going to give them a loan when their credit score is 500 right, right? so <laughs> uh so that's where i'm like yeah well start with a $300 secured credit card right that's right. going to start reporting once that's been reporting long enough and your score has been built up you're going to be able to increase the limit on that. Maybe you apply for a second card, right? Maybe you have those yeah. two items reporting. Eventually, you're going to get up to that $2,000 limit on those cards. Um, right. And it, and you've had them for two years, right? It doesn't matter that you haven't had the $2,000 limit for the whole two years. It just matters right. that you've had that card for the two years, right?
0: And one comment on the RSP loan, I I agree. They're great for down payment. Uh, not a not a bad way to, to reestablish. However, a lot of the RSP loans don't show up on Equifax and TransUnion even if they're with a major bank. Uh, so just if, if they are using it for reestablished credit or established credit, uh, just just make sure it is showing up on both Equifax and TransUnion. Uh, if it's I not know that. Yeah, there, there's I think BMO is the only one that I've seen actually report on Equifax and TransUnion. Uh, but I I have to look back and see, but uh, a lot of the RSP loans don't show up just the way that they're secured or, or I don't know. I don't know why, but they they don't always do that. So just make sure that they are showing up there. So
1: Yeah, if they're going out to get that for the purpose of building credit. For that, yeah. The, it doesn't help them if it's not rewarding, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and some small car lenders and, and stuff like that don't show up either. So that's something where if you are walking your clients through this, just just make sure that they follow up and review both their Equifax and TransUnion report, and see and make sure that it's it's actually showing up. So that's good. So that's that's everything that I had for today. I'm not sure if there's any other last bit, last minute tidbits that you want to throw in there. Or... I
1: don't know, man. Become a credit expert. That's probably <laughs> my biggest piece of advice. Um, I think a lot of a lot of brokers they they just ignore this piece of the job. Right? There's yeah. a lot of um and there's a lot of brokers who just get the clean 800 credit score clients all the time and yep. if you can understand those pieces and do that part of your job properly you're going to get more approvals even on and and this is can be a tough one like when we've got clients who you know one file you'll get approved and the score is 630 and then the next file it gets declined and the score is 680 and you're like <laughs> with the same lender with the same yeah. underwriter or something too right and you're yeah. just like I don't understand and it's like it a lot of it comes down to you know, like character, mitigation, how you address that deal, um, in your submission notes and things like that too. So yeah. So no, yeah, that are, probably be my final piece there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm and know it. Yeah. And uh that's what Bark's here for is to essentially help brokers understand the the finer details of the credit report and how it works and all that stuff uh, so you can use that knowledge to get more clients help your clients more and then of course make more money uh, which is which is the fun yeah. part so
1: and we don't all need to do like understanding credit doesn't mean that you you know knowing how all this stuff works doesn't mean that you need to take your time and do credit rebuild fast i think they're enjoyable i like helping people i think it's rewarding but there's a lot of times where I don't have the time to really help somebody yep. reestablish too, right? Especially as you get busier in this career. So, um, like I say, that's why I send a lot of people to you too. Like, I I want them to get their credit rebuilt. Um, I want them to work with somebody to do that. I'm still going to be their broker in there with them throughout of that course. process. But, yep. you know, the understanding this and knowing this doesn't mean that you're just donating, you know, hours and hours of your time that's to right. helping people that... Go get a mortgage at their bank two years from now. Anyway, after that, yeah, you it, them, right. So
0: it's seeing an opportunity, and then uh, me being able to pass that back to you um, obviously helps as build that uh, that relationship, so that they don't just go back to their uh, their bank or whatever. So yeah, so that's great. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, I really appreciate the the conversation and for everything you do. And other than that, thanks for coming out, and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me anytime.
0: As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.